1: 347 633 9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around, no time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Emil and Chad with your breakfast toast. Is this thing on? Yes, it is. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. It's What is it? 10 a.m. on Monday. Cyber Monday, by the way. So get your credit cards out. Start shopping, folks. If you didn't totally crush your credit card on Friday, if there's anything left, if there's any available credit left on your credit cards, you can go ahead and snuff that out today on Cyber Monday. Christmas, Christmas, spend, spend, spend. Come spend money. That's what you do. It's that time of year, Emil Calamena. It's also playoff time and uh, college football rivalry weekend. We had all that go down.
0: Yeah, big weekend, right? A lot of football starting on Thursday and just continuing right on through yesterday. It's like, it's like uh, what's that? It's like nirvana, like paradise for football fans Thanksgiving weekend.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Emil, congratulations. On what? Your Dallas what do you Cowboys
0: are clearly,
1: clearly the best football team in the NFL, despite you're not wanting that to be said by anyone around you.
0: Well, they clearly at after watching Seattle yesterday at this point in the season, I would have to say they are clearly right now playing better football than the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know, as as improved as Tampa Bay is and we'll get to that in that segment. Um, yes, I will agree there. Clearly though, I mean, that, that's a you're making it like it's Alabama and the rest of college football here and let's for, oh, and let not forget is. the Patriots. No. Let's not the forget Patriots. the Patriots are
1: You mean that team that are just are sat looming. there struggling just now to get by, to get by the New York disastrous Jets, that team?
0: Yeah, you know and I know, you know and I know how that works. The Jets have always, it's a division game, have always, especially at home, given the Patriots' fits.
1: Yes, uh, but at we, what point we, can the team be so crummy that that shouldn't happen anymore? Like, let's say the Browns well, were always tough for the Steelers. Um, <laughs> should that be the case this year?
0: Well, let's let's not quite move the Jets. Offensively, they may be in the Browns category, but defensively, they have some football players on that team. I mean, they have they Williams, they have Wilkerson. Disaster. Oh, God. The
1: Jets God. are J- a disaster. All right? Come on, let's get that straight. Hey, I wanted to get on something, kind of kick this thing off. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see it, Emil, but following the uh, contest on Saturday, the big one between Ohio State and Michigan, there's some footage out there of, uh, you know, fans running on the field. Jabril Peppers is trying to leave the field after the game. Obviously, the game was in Ohio State. I don't even know why at Ohio State, given your recent success, you feel the need to rush the field. But that, indeed, was the situation. And so the player, uh, Jabril Peppers, we all know him, is trying to exit the field. um, And a fan runs into him. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of interpretation as to exactly what happened there. But the end result was, you know, Jabril Peppers roughed up the fan a little bit before, you know, having a brief conversation with a member of Ohio State's football staff, you know, the uh, defensive back coach. Um, that approach that was approaching him before the fan ran into him. And, um, you know, he roughed up, he roughed the guy up a
0: little bit. Have you Boy, had a chance describe to describe you know, roughing that? him up to me? Did he punch him? Did he sh- lower the shoulder? What, yeah, how a little, he a him? little
1: uh, you know, a little chin check, if you know what that is,
0: you know, um,
1: sh- you know, grab, grab the guy after he bumped into him pretty hard. Um, jerked him up a little bit and then a little chin check and sent him on his way. So, oh, yeah. you know.
0: Uh, I don't even know if that- matters. i guess i'm old i guess I'm old school because because this is gonna to be totally politically incorrect, but you know me that never stopped me um you know what you run on a football field after a game you run into a guy that just lost a game like they lost in that type of you know tough game you're taking you're taking your health in your own hands that's your problem as uh, you listen, and
1: as it is um you know, as it is with anything you bring up, and Emil, I'm I'm thinking about this this weekend. There isn't any topic that you could bring up now in this day and age where you would have a hundred percent of folks on on one side. I mean, you can, well, of, cor- of course, Emil, not. of course You can not. have you could have video. Listen to me. You could have video of a little sweet eighty year old woman walking down the street who gets completely cold cocked by a younger gentleman who would take her purse and you will find people that are want to justify what happened there.
0: No, they'll just tell I you understand. he ran into it. She ran into his fist accidentally. So, oh yeah. She, she was just white. On. And uh, yeah. the,
1: the, the, the guy who did it was black. Well, you know, this payback, you know, she probably owned slaves back in the day or some bull. Right. There's, either, <laughs> exactly. I, there's yep. always someone on the other side. So you know, there's a good, healthy amount of people who are saying that he was way out of line and you know things of that nature and here's why i stand with this and i think i think you know our folks listening need to understand this and this may be difficult for them to understand because it plays itself out in many different ways especially on twitter but i'm gonna i'm gonna say this fans and players are not the same they're not wired the same whether that is innate Um, and maybe that's the reason that they're the players and you're the fans, or maybe that has just been ingrained, um, over years of, of, of playing sports and being in athletics. Um, they're not the same. And I see this mistake being made over and over again, where fans think that they can conduct themselves or talk to players in much of the same way that they talk to and conduct themselves with other fans and i'm telling you there is a line there that you just can't cross and some of these fans will go back and forth with each other and it's all good between the two of them between those rival fans well so they didn't lift,
0: not, they didn't lift the weights right. they didn't put in the preparation they just so these two guys were
1: just not wired the same you're not going yeah, to Yeah no, right wrong or indifferent, Emil. i mean this the the mentality for an athlete especially a football player is when when attacked Greet it with an attack, and it's going to be greeted with Aggression, whether you feel that's right, wrong, or Indifferent, that's just the way that it is That's kind of how
0: we solve well, things And how about context? I mean, you know Now, if, if somebody bumps into Peppers Walking down the street, and he greets it with Aggression, and you just tell me that story The answer's a lot different, I'm not condoning It, you just ran into the guy Like, one minute after they lost A game that might cost, that probably will Cost them a chance to play For a national championship And, and you expect him to do what I mean. I mean, it's it, you know, it's like one, you know. I've, I've told friends this. You know, fans, everybody sits there watching a game, and it looks so easy because you're just watching it. Especially if you're watching it on TV. I remember turning to a buddy once we watching a baseball game. He couldn't believe a guy took 97 down the middle, and I said, mm-hmm. "I'll tell you what. Let's go over on Route 81, and I'll let you stand on the side of the road with a bat, and you can pretend the cars coming by are baseballs." And that'll give you some sense, except they're only moving 70 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> so, right. I mean, my point is – I'm sure it, the response is that this is what they do, though. You know, they do this well, every day. No, it is. And, listen, I under There's certain competencies I get where a fan gets frustrated. You know, when a ball hits a receiver between the eight and the two, you know, and, and you know, if it was a spear it would have killed them. You know, you expect them to be able to catch that. But you got to also understand that these guys – put in a lot of effort to this. They're they're trying their damnedest to win. Nobody's, you know, 99.999% of the guys out there are not just effing it when they're playing. You can't run out on that field, especially like that, and expect, I just, if if I came home years ago and told my dad, God rest his soul, that, hey, I just got roughed up because I ran on the field at a Penn State game and the opposing player popped me, he'd say, well, you're an idiot. Why'd you run on the field? Yeah, he might pop you, but... Um, right. That
1: was this context um, I've seen it at several games Obviously I go to a game every weekend um, Where fans will go overboard To taunt players And you know it, it goes on between fans In the stadium So if you go to a Florida-Tennessee game Tennessee fans giving it to Florida fans Florida fans giving it to Tennessee fans That's what fans do But when fans think They can take that that they give to other fans, and start spilling it over to players, that's where they make a very, very big mistake, Amal. I mean, you just you just finished uh, an athletic event. You're still keyed up. Um, I don't know. Oh, by the way, the athletic invel- uh, event involves serious physical contact. It takes you a while to decompress from that. And when you, as a fan, come over there and challenge, and you're talking about people who – Their entire life is about competition. I mean, everything is competition. Sure, everything. You're you're a whole
0: set of alpha males. You're you're, you're with the ultimate alpha male. You're asking for trouble,
1: man. I distinctly remember uh, at the Tennessee game this past uh, season, uh, obviously Tennessee fans extremely happy that they ended an 11-game losing streak to the University of Florida. And, okay, fans, be happy about it. I get it. But you had fans who took it upon themselves to go stand at the area where the Florida players are exiting to taunt them unmercifully. I, d- I don't understand that being part oh, of the uh, celebration.
0: I'll tell you something. I've been around sports. Serious trouble. I've been around sports seriously since I'm five years old. My father started taking me to, you know, he's in the booster club. I was, I've been going to sporting events and playing sports and, you know, just around sports my whole life. And I actually am amazed, and I've said this to people, uh, uh, that athletes are able to control their emotions, professional and college, the way they do. I know. I, I don't think I could do that. I'll be honest. I'm saying they're they're a lot better than me. I watch some of these, per, like I've been to baseball games where you can hear stuff. You know, if it's not a, a big crowd, and you know, where it's a situation, you can, you, you know, how baseball stadiums are. Right. Some of the stuff that is just said at Major League Baseball games to these guys, and make no mistake, most Major League Baseball players these days are huge. I mean, some mm-hmm. of them could double as playing in the NFL. The stuff right. that they say to these guys, they'd never say it if they were sitting in a bar next to the guy. Never in a million years would you say that.
1: No, some, some will who have you know, a financial motive, which is the next thing that happens uh, after you get thumped up by a player or an athlete. Then it's straight to the lawyer. Now you want money. You want millions because, you know, you were a jerk off, said something stupid or wagged a finger in some athlete's face and uh, he busted your lip over it. You know, that you do have you do have a, you know, a group out there that that's their motive. They want to go out there and irritate someone and then, you know, make a gain financially from it. Then you have others that just want to become famous for it or go tell their friends. Ha ha. You know, I got Jabril Peppers to punch me in the side of my head look, there's video of it. Check Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's weird when you're doing that, but I've seen it way too much, man. And I just, you know, for fans out there, listen, what you do with other fans is not, you can't be doing that with players. I see them doing it on Twitter. You can't talk to players the way you talk to other fans. They got to be able to separate those two things. And, you know, some people get their Well that feelings, isn't happening. Others. In
0: today's day and age, I got I got news for you. That isn't happening. I think you probably knew asking me that question where I was gonna take it, right? You, you didn't really think I was gonna say it was out of line, did you? No, but you know,
1: in looking at it, obviously <laughs> when there's a video and then you can go to GIS show B G uh the Gridiron Studs Twitter account right now. I do have it posted on there. The video is posted there right now. GIS show B G. Um and you know when you go and you you know, you click on it and you look at the comments, you know, you get 50-50 on there. Oh, he's way out of line. This is, you know, just an athlete out of control. And then there's others, well, that were like you. Uh, you run on the field, uh, you get what you ask for. And then you add others just as simple about, hey, the field is for the players. The stands are for the fans. When the fan well, leaves the stand and comes onto the field, well, then you kind of get what you get.
0: The dissenters, I have a feeling there's usually motivation. you got you know a couple groups of people there you got one people who just oh, don't Ohio like State Michigan fans. right yeah. you got those people, and then you got the people who live in this new world we live in that I'm constantly trying to get my arms around that uh you know you you just can't everybody's a victim, man. nobody's yeah, responsible I, for their own actions
1: you also bring everybody's up another, a victim. You know, You also bring up a good point, too, about, uh, you know, when it comes to objectivity, when you're a fan, that just completely flies out of the window. I mean, it's just amazing to me um, how fans can just suspend all good sense, um, all common sense, and and will just be on board, will just push their agenda, their fan agenda, into every situation. So, you know, like this fan could have come up and punched Jabril Peppers in the face, yanked his face Mac, kicked him in the nuts, and hit him over the head with a cold beer. And if he punched back at that fan, um, then if you're Ohio State, you're like, oh, my God, now Jabril Peppers is horrible. I can't believe he did
0: that. <laughs> yeah. And flip it, next year if it happens in Ann Arbor to an Ohio State player, that same Ohio State fan will be sitting there going, can you believe? Can you believe that one of those big strapping football players hit a fan? Can you believe yeah, that? It's
1: it's, uh, it's amazing how all good sense um is just suspended when you become a fan. That's why, you know, I I try my best to limit my interaction with them because it's just you're not going anywhere with it. So uh just my little rant There, i don't know how you feel about it if you happen to watch it and you saw the video what are your thoughts on it are amel and i off base on this one do you do you get what it is i'm saying feel free to call into the show with your comments about it the number is 347-633-9365 again 347-633-9365 i'm gonna say it again fans and players are not the same they are not the same so Uh, feel free to call in on that we need to take a break when we get back though am a lot of stuff went on in college football as you said it it was a it was a holiday weekend so we had football from thursday all the way through saturday in college football and so what happened with the results and what does that cause where do we go next all of that in college football stay with us we'll be right back right after this Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 seven seven team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at tshirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, you can do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by tshirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put onto your T-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at T-ShirtSupplies.com can get it onto your T-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t That's T-Shirt, no hyphen, Supplies Pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's one 85 paper Go there, now. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process? for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance. No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today.
0: You're talking to. The Rolex, wearing diamond ring, wearing kids stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying,
1: son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligator shots.
0: Woo! No matter how
1: hard you try,
0: you can stop us now. No matter how
1: hard you try, you can't stop us now. Pamel, did you happen to see uh, the meme that was going around on uh, Thanksgiving? It was a, a picture, a standard face uh, in the picture of a Bill Belichick. You know, the standard face that he has. And uh, it, says, it says, Happy Thanksgiving, we're on to Christmas.
0: Is that what it says? Yeah, just absolutely hilarious. Happy Thanksgiving. So much- we're on to Christmas, and that's really where we're <laughs> headed. It's just like that's how, just like Belichick does. We're done with Seattle. Now we're on to the Jets. Uh, that's yeah. basically what happens anymore. We're just done with Thanksgiving, and now we're on to Christmas.
1: Yeah, and that the fact that I saw it at nine a.m. <laughs> Thanksgiving morning just made it even more hilarious. <laughs> oh man! Well, listen, uh, college football was in the air. Uh, and and very much so. Uh, the entire weekend we had some uh, we had a Thanksgiving game. It was uh, LSU scoring endlessly on Texas A and M, causing us on our Friday show to question uh, the stability of Kevin Sumlin uh, at Texas A and M. Uh, we then moved past that to uh, you know Friday and Saturday of games. Uh, I don't know what stood out the most to you this weekend, Ammon. We had a couple of uh, interesting you know obviously rivalry weekend brings things. What stood out to you the most this weekend?
0: Well, let's go. Let's let's break it down in days. Friday, you know, we had a set of games. Um, there was a few s- Friday that uh, surprised me. Believe it or not, Washington doing what they did to Washington State did not surprise me. You know I'm not a huge fan of Leach. I think he'll do a good job making your program semi-entertaining, which they are. And they went, they went eight and four. That's a good year at Washington State. But at the end, he just isn't... I told you we analyzed that game. I just saw that as a huge coaching advantage for Washington, besides having better players. Um, what surprised me Friday was what Iowa did to Nebraska. Um, you know it's been a mediocre year for Iowa. Uh, you know they're going to end up eight and four, which actually is better than mediocre, but you know by their standards, it wasn't a tremendous year. Nebraska rolls in there nine and two having themselves a nice season, and Iowa just absolutely puts one on them Friday. Did you happen to catch that game at all in the school? I, room? It I was... you
1: know, I couldn't. Um, you know, obviously, getting ready for our high school football game, but yeah, yeah I we struggled all season long to figure out exactly what Nebraska is. Anyway, I mean, Iowa kind of showed us early, but I, I, I didn't know what Nebraska was. I just still don't know. They'll probably go blow someone out in a bowl game. They've been all over the yeah,
0: place. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure what they are either. I agree with you. Uh, the, to me, that nine and three Nebraska has is a very weak nine and three. When I see them, I don't think of. Uh, You know, the record is more indicative of a very good football team, and I'm not sure they're a very good football team. Um, You know, you can tell the better teams and coaches. They improve consistently as the season goes along, and that's one thing about Iowa. Yeah, it wasn't the best edition of of the Hawkeyes this year, but they end up 8-4. They're playing better ball toward the end of the year after they lost that game at Penn State, where in the second half Penn State kind of put it on them. They regrouped. They beat Michigan at home. Uh, and then they go to Nebraska at home against Nebraska and them by 30 points. That that tells you something about that program and the coaching there, as far as I'm concerned. So that was a little surprise. And then, you know, Saturday, I don't know, what what really stood out to me? I mean, I'll be honest, and we'll talk about in the pick section. And this this might surprise I I was surprised with South Carolina uh, just didn't show up for that rivalry. That was, I, uh, I don't know what they did.
1: Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then the Clemson talk about another team we can't figure out. Uh, they go struggle with teams you'd never expect them to struggle with, and then they get into a, a you know a rivalry game against South Carolina, and they made them look like uh, a high school football team.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, this is gonna piss a lot of people off because I I kind of felt felt Clemson because they've been good the last couple years coming into this season. And they obviously got to the championship game last year and gave Alabama a hell of a game. That game ended up 45-40. It was a good, good ball game. Um, I kind of felt they got a pass all season. I'll be honest with you. If it, you know, and this kind of piggybacks into what I wanted to talk to you about, I if you said to me, who do I think are the four best teams? Not who's going to be in the playoff, all that stuff. I might leave Clemson out. I mean, first of all, I have I have certain rules, and one of them is. You shouldn't be losing to unranked teams at home. Okay, you want to lose that game, you got to do it on the road. I'll give you a pass in a conference road game. You can't do that at home.
1: Was Penn, Penn State, goes in State ranked there and beat or unranked, unranked
0: when they lost to Ohio
1: State? When they beat Ohio State? Who? Penn State. Were they ranked or unranked when they That was a road game hard?
0: for Ohio State. Road game. I said you cannot let an unranked team. Walk into your backyard and beat you. And here's the thing with Clemson, they did it almost twice. If if North Carolina State had a scholarship kicker, because that he couldn't have been on scholarship, that kid, he missed three field goals less than 40 yards, and one of them was. I mean, you can't even say, well, the the whole game changes. I get that, but he missed one from 30 yards to win the game. Okay, I mean, they almost did it twice this year. So I have a real problem. Do I think Clemson has a lot of NFL caliber players and is as talented as the top any top four team, yes. But I don't think their body of work necessarily suggests to me that that if you know if you said to me eyeball tests, four best teams. Now, I, I'm I, going I, Alabama. Did you
1: say what if did you say whether or not they won the championship for their conference? Who, Clemson? Yeah, are are you in favor of them being out even if they win the conference championship? I
0: don't care. I I'm I'm not in favor of anything. I I'm saying to you straight up, if you said to me based on having watched the games this year. At this moment in time, you know, who do you think are the four best teams? The first three for me are easy. I would say the best teams I've seen play this year, Alabama, huge gap, then Ohio State, Michigan. Then it gets a little dicey. If Wisconsin drills Penn State, I can get them into that conversation because if you look at their body of work – Wins that they have very impressive wins. They had to play Ohio State and Michigan back to back. They lost 14 7 at Michigan and 30 23 the next week at home in overtime against Ohio State. Um, so if they were to, do, you could get them in the conversation. If Washington drills Colorado, I could be convinced that they are in the conversation. But I'm going to have a hard time based on how inconsistent Clemson has been. Do I think Clemson has better players than Wisconsin and Washington? Yes. I do:
1: Well, I hear the point that you're making, um, and it may be, it may be a valid one. I think you and I know that that it's not going to happen. I mean if Clemson wins, oh, uh, no, I know I don't know was it you I had this conversation with or maybe I heard it on the radio, but we've got to give some reverence to being a conference champion, barring you know something really strange. so um, we, we do we do need to give some reverence to that otherwise, why do we have it?
0: Well, I will say this, and, you know, as much as we make fun of the Big 12, the Big 12 is, is right in what they say. The only true conference champion you have going right now is the Big 12 because they play a complete round robin. So as much as we like to make the, the championship game because it brings in revenue and the NCAA has reprogrammed the fan to think you're garbage if you don't have a championship game. But if you think about it, everybody used to complain in college basketball. Oh, well, why does the tournament champion get in? Well, it's real simple. If you go to the ACC now, what do they have, about 16 or 18 teams? The schedule's not fair. North Carolina and Duke play twice. Well, not everybody plays North Carolina and Duke twice because they can't have that many games. There's only 18 games. Well, look at college football, coincidentally, this week. Now, maybe it doesn't change. Penn State's going to play Wisconsin. Ohio State and Michigan, just by the rotation of the schedule, both had to play Wisconsin in the regular season. Penn State missed them. Coincidentally, Penn State's in the title game. In the Pac-12, rotation of the schedule. USC had to play Washington. Colorado missed them. Coincidentally, Colorado's in the title game. I'm not saying maybe they beat them anyway. That's not the point. The point is, when you have divisions, the, to me, the only thing that should determine your division champion, if you want to do it straight up and then make the conference championship worth something, is your record in the division. That's the only round robin you're playing. Otherwise, it's completely unfair. It's totally just based on how the schedule rotates and luck of the draw. Like, you play three teams in the SEC West. Maybe this year you happen to get Mississippi, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. Some other poor bastard draws Alabama, LSU, and Texas A&M, and you're in the East. How's that fair?
1: I, uh, I would definitely agree with that, Emil, and I don't understand why it's not done that way. If you're the champ of the East, I mean, you the get my point. East,
0: I've said this you, to people; you, they look at me like, my, like I'm talking like I have an eye in the What's the argument of my against board? it? What's the
1: argument no, against I, it? Like i, I look at I, the I, SEC, and it's a total—it's your total record in the conference, which includes your game against the selected West opponent. Correct. And it really should be about which one of you guys, after all of you played each other in the East, is
0: the best in the East. Now you That's guys right. can go play and a team I, in the West. I've had people say, I I, I think, Chad, it goes like this. Most people, not to be condescending here, have trouble with math. It's not a a thing most people enjoy. So when you start talking that stuff, you're getting into logic and math. I've had people look at me like I have an eye in the center of my forehead. Not all of them. But it's like it's not complicated. The only way you can award a championship, rightfully so, in a division, is to only count the record in the division. Now, if you want to have a tiebreaker and say, okay, this team is – 5 and 1 in the division, the other team's 5 and 1. Well, it's simple then, you go head to head. Now, if it's a three-way tie and the head to head renders 3-1 and 1 records against each other, then you might go to total conference record because at that point you have to pick something to break the tie. But it's not True. hard. The record in the division, head to head, and then if it's a three-way tie or more, go conference overall conference record and you keep going down the tiebreaker list. Why you would Why count is all college the games
1: football so for lack of a better word, retarded? I mean, because what you just described is what it is in high school football. It is what it is Correct. in the NFL. What's up with college football and that they need to be so different when it comes to – I had a big, long show about this last week, by the way, where I, once again, brought back up uh, my college football alignment, realignment. Um, you already know about that, where I put all 120 teams sure. in the divisions and You know, neatly aligned. An accountant like you could uh, totally appreciate what I did there. Sure. I, 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 I
0: love it. Beautiful works. I like it. What's up
1: with college football? Why do – now, something like that could very simply be done. And really, that's what it should be
0: anyway. I don't understand the need to be so foolishly different. First of all, my whole family loves – You know, my dad loves Penn State, my uncles. I have nothing inherently against Penn State. I'm glad they're good again. they're relevant. It's nice. I like this I want Notre Dame to not be four and eight. I like Notre Dame losing two or three times a year, once to USC and the other couple times to get me giddy on a Saturday. When they lose eight times, it's not fun. okay? So understand I'm not coming at this from the perspective of not liking someone. Penn State fans think I'm taking a shot at Penn State. All I 'm pointing out is, in this complete CF. They want to say, well, if we win the Big Ten, how can how can we not go to the 14 playoff? And Ohio State does. It's very simple. Ohio State has wins against Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Oklahoma. Yes, but we beat Ohio State. Okay, well, Pitt beat you, and they beat Clemson. Should we put should we put Pitt in the playoff? You can't. That's called the transverse property. It doesn't necessarily work just because you won a game in a certain venue at a certain time. It's a one-off event. You have to look at the body of work.
1: Yes, the totality
0: of things. Yeah, the totality. You have to say, let me use some common sense because we're not the NFL here. We're only picking four teams. I've got Ohio State with wins against boom, 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 boom. I've got Penn State, sure, good win against Ohio State at home, three-point game. Nice season, very good season. Are they better than Ohio State based on the body of work? In my opinion, no. But college football sets themselves up for this stuff by doing goofy things like, oh, let's have a whole record in the Big Ten. Well, um, have you ever considered that one team is playing Wisconsin, Nebraska, and the other team might be playing like Purdue? Oh, good point. (laughs) There's
1: always this, just when you try to figure stuff out, you get this quirk um and i'm i'm with you on that it your your conference uh your divisional uh supremacy should be based on who you're playing in your division it just it makes sense emo i mean well,
0: just makes and then sense. you know you'll have people say well why do you play the other side of the division and because you need 12 games and we have this thing in college we have a playoff and they need a total body of work to judge you to see if you get in the playoff so that's all well and good at that point you can play other teams across conference. That's fine. You got to have a schedule, but I'm saying if you want to, if you're not going to play a complete round robin, then who wins the division is your record. Whoever has the best record in the division, and and then we don't you know, have a situation. Part about
1: neatly putting these teams into uh, divisions and conferences, uh, as I have suggested, is it removes the whole scheduling thing. And your schedules are made for you, just like they do in the NFL. So there's no more manipulation. Um, of schedule to get yourself where you want to be at the end of the year. Cause we see that quite a bit, you know? Um, we well, let's, address,
0: wait, let's take this in two parts. Cause you have a great point there. Let's first t- tackle the 800 the pound grill in the room, the Ohio state Michigan game, and then piggyback to what you're saying. Cause I have a feeling I know what team is getting screwed. And in this case, I might actually agree because they've set the parameters. So let's first start, Do you get to see any of that game on Saturday? Or did you watch a tape of it or the DVR? Some. I haven't seen all. Um, The rest were just, you know, highlights. Well, there were several parts of this that, you know, I have to say something. After watching this game, and I think Ohio State going forward is loaded, but they're young. I actually think in this game, at this point in time, Michigan had the better players. I think Jim Harbaugh was outcoached in this game. I think Urban Meyer won a game with, I think, not as, I won't say better, how about less experienced players? I think Michigan, based on experience, had more overall, you know, a better team. But there were just things Harvard does in this game that confuse me. A guy who's built his programs over the years, even in the NFL, on being tough and running the ball, his defense the first quarter and a half of this game, they, they were giving up nothing, okay, I think the score was 3 nothing. They're pinned deep in their own territory on the 4- or 5-yard line. You know, you expect Jim Harbaugh to, to hammer that ball out of there, or at least try to. He calls a pass play. Pick six, seven points. Don't I think get he it. I mean, Um Well, the first time I'm going to say yes, but then later in the game, you know, I forget the exact score, pinned deep again, calls another pass play, interception, return to the 4-yard line. A few plays later, another touchdown. I mean, First of all, I don't understand what the defense Michigan has, and they played excellent all day. So it wasn't like he had to feel like, "Geez, I need to score a ton of points here." He basically, you know, has 14 points taken from him. I won't say given away because Ohio State made plays to do it, but why the play calls? I, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't get the guy sometimes. Well,
1: he does have an offensive coordinator, so
0: um, you know, everyone. Uh, he he has a headset, stuff. Chad. Uh, hey Chad, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think I want to throw the ball down here. So you can't. Going Listen, to your <laughs> I, I, look, I hear you, but
1: are you gonna micromanage <laughs> your, your 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 coordinators like that? No, you can't. You can't really do that. Uh, yeah, well, Everyone I, could, I could only have... Listen, I, I I I see this as a coach, and it just drives me wild. Great play call there by Jim Harbaugh, hey, man. The offensive
0: coordinator called that play. That's Understood, but context. there is there is game management. By You're the by CEO. Urban Meyer. You're come on. Come on. You're the CEO. You know that. You, you, there, is some, there is some game it's management. not how where, that works, where, where you, Well... it's not how that works. Okay.
1: You cannot sit but there and any, micromanage a guy. If he's worth a damn, he'll just... When the game's over, when the season's over, he say, Look, Coach, here's your headsets. Maybe you need to call the plays. Maybe you need a Mike well, McCarthy. Well,
0: let me this tell course. you, then. If that's the way you want to put that down, that's fine. We'll... That guy might be in my office today uh, filling out his resume for a new job. Perhaps. Then, if you want to put I feel it on like we're
1: kind of playing the result here a little bit because if that play works out, oh, genius
0: by Harbaugh. First time, um, that, Chad, you know, I'm down. I, I get what you're saying. First time, fine. You did, made the mistake. You tried something, not great, bad result. Doing it again really doesn't make a lot of sense now, does it? <laughs>
1: I, mean, I guess not. I mean, you know. But we we do a lot of that and and I and I'm, I'm I'm just like you so I'm not just singling you out on this. We we do a lot of playing the results. Um, man, that's a genius call. Well, you know what? If that ball's tipped, it's it's a bonehead call play call. That's the difference. Yeah, there well. is a tip. You are a tipped ball or a a a fumbled handoff between being called a genius or a complete moron every Monday morning.
0: Uh, I get that. So well, let's move on because y- your points are valid as well, okay?
1: Then yeah, he loses I, I his see mind. it. It
0: just drives me wild. But while we're well, on he – Well, loses, he loses his mind then, D- destroys the headset and gets a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty. Absolutely. Had a complete meltdown. He's not.
1: Uh, that's not foreign to him, okay? Uh, maybe the yeah, pass he, in that situation was foreign to him. Him losing his mind on the sidelines, um, not foreign at all. Here's uh, why by Jim way, Harbaugh. He, I, I, thought but, it, I, I thought it was hilarious, but by the, that's just his sideline. I mean, he lost his mind on, on my kid in the bowl game last year. Um, he thought Quincy grabbed one of his wide receivers. And he was just going ballistic. Uh, and Quincy found it hilarious. He said, hey, that guy was
0: going nuts. That guy lost his mind. Oh, yeah. That's well, But monster. here's why he grates on people. This is why he doesn't hang around long you know, there's a couple moments in college football. I know, you know, these guys are getting paid a lot of money and, you know, they want to win and they're competitors. And I get that. And, you know, he's obviously done a lot of winning, so it's hard to light him up there, but he had yeah. a couple chances in this game to teach kids, you know, and build a program. And there is some, I think the better coaches that they're able to do both. They're able to win and they're able to convey some life lessons. Okay. First of all, he conveys nothing to a kid in a big game in a big spot. When he loses his mind and puts his team in a bad position, puts Ohio State first and goal, hands him 15 yards, which eventually led to a touchdown, okay? He teaches hey, the kid nothing. Can you tell nothing. me he, more
1: about that, though? Because from what I saw, I wasn't so sure that that deserved a 15. He tossed his play um, sheet. Uh, you know, it's yeah. like windy out there, so he didn't toss it. It didn't look like he tossed it forward onto the field. He tossed it, and it got
0: blown out onto the field, and then he slammed it. If I'm the ref, the I'm eating – let on. me put it this way. If I'm the ref, I'm eating the flag. I, I don't want a game of that magnitude. If I'm throwing but a 15-yard penalty – Did I accurately penalty, describe that, though? Is that what yeah, happened? Yeah, to me, I'm with you. I think he lost his mind with the headset, but none of it I thought. If I'm a ref, I'm saying, listen, if I'm throwing 15 in that game, it better be for a personal foul or something. I I, I don't want to affect the game because the coach – you know, maybe showed me up. I think the ref got a little bit of a Major League Baseball umpire complex there where yeah, you're not going to show certainly me up.
1: It fell short of maybe throwing the cooler and the entire stack of bats uh, onto the field, right, like we see in Major League Baseball. Right? Right. And,
0: okay. That- and, and you want to know something else? It, privately, my thing at the end of this game, at the end of that game, privately, if you want to, um, you, you know, call the Big Ten and bitch at the officiating because you perceive it as not being fair, that's fine. I thought the post-conference, uh, you know, the rant while entertaining for Emil, the football fan, because that stuff makes me laugh, I, I think it's a bad example to send to kids, and any team in that matter, because here's the thing, life isn't fair, and you're trying to teach some stuff through sports, and that life isn't always fair, and if you're going to go out and make yourself a victim and bitch like that, it's just not the message I want to send to a winning team, or a losing team, or any team, or my kids, or anything, I, I thought, you know, the spot on that play was very close. I see what the refs saw, too. I first thought he didn't make it, but then I saw what happened. You know, where the forward progress was stopped, he was spinning in the air. They were trying to judge where the ball was. It, to me, like Harbaugh saying, he's short a half yard from where I'm standing. Yeah, and it was I, close. Let me, I hear Let me give you a I little mean, insight it, on this, uh, Emil,
1: um, from a coaching perspective. Is that uh, oftentimes what's said publicly, what's said in the media – doesn't exactly match up with what you're telling your team. So you'll go into media and say these things, mm-hmm. and then you'll have the team meeting and say to the guys, "Hey, listen, in these situations, we can't do this." And yeah, maybe I, you know, I lost my mind, but uh, and the officiating was this, but we got to be able to overcome that. And here's this, that, and the other. You know, that's gonna probably. No, I, I, that we I understand. We, we, he might have we been using what we thought was a poorly officiated game on Friday night, and yeah. in our, in our, I mean poorly officiated game, but still, we earned quite a few of those penalties. And then, you know, you got to understand that when you head out to – you go on a road in a high school football game. I don't know how it is in Pennsylvania. But in Florida, when you head from down south and you head up north to go play games, uh, I mean, don't expect um, a friendly refereeing, officiating staff. I mean, expect shenanigans. Even though in this state they will get uh, officials from a different area. So we went and played in Orlando – you didn't have officials from the Broward County area, you didn't have officials from the Orlando area, the, the officials came from Tampa. So you, yeah, you right. got to overcome those things. But
0: no, well, you, I, you know, I guess where I'm trying to, where I'm trying to go with that whole spot thing, you know, I was watching on TV at first, I said, "Oh, good, they stopped him." You know, and and then I looked at it on second blush and and you know, it, it what you know, your call there is where the momentum is stopped, not where he gets pushed back and he lands. And he was spinning, so the ball was very close to the 15-yard line. Could have been a first down, could have not. Wherever they spot it is probably worth staying on review. It wasn't a half-yard short in my mind, because what Harbaugh was seeing is where the guys pushed uh, JT back. You know, They pushed him back when he was in the air and he didn't have any leverage. So to me, to go crazy on that, that, if I'm Harbaugh, what I'm pissed about, the previous play, Ohio State throws a backward pass. You have the kid trapped back at the 30-yard line. He reverses field and gets within a yard of the first down. You tackle him there. That kicker from Ohio State's got to make a 47-yard field goal to send that to another overtime. It's like I say about
1: the 2002 uh, Miami Hurricanes football team that lost in the Fiesta Bowl. You know, long before that ridiculous flag that came uh, an hour after the play happened, um, there was a third and very long uh, that was converted, or fourth and very long that was converted during that drive. Um, and simply, if you make the play on that, we never even get to that point. So, oh, uh, that's the ebbs and flows of football, man. Here's some other things that went down this weekend in college football. How about North Carolina stubbing their toe uh, majorly against NC State? at home, Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that game, by the way, was not as close as the final. NC State had, I think, a three-touchdown lead at one point in that game. They really dominated it from the outset yeah um you know it i understood
1: what happened with houston and memphis uh we see it every year in bowl games usually we're seeing it more and more early in the year now uh because uh, you know college football is changing and we go after coaches in the middle of the year now we don't necessarily wait till the end anymore so uh we know that tom herman was uh juggling um college football offers from other teams Kind of difficult to get your your team that you're coaching right now prepared, and that's basically what we saw in this game is Memphis upset Houston 48-44. Soon thereafter, Herman's uh, the new coach at Texas. So what are your thoughts on Herman well, at Texas?
0: Well, I mean, you know, he's he's a good coach. I mean, it's hard to judge him because obviously he comes with high regard from his, his assistant jobs, you know, all, all the way up the line. He, I think he was a graduate assistant at Texas, then he went to, what, Ohio State? I mean, he's been a successful coordinator. He did a good job at, at, at Houston. now, again, to what you it's and I have talked much, about for Well, that's what I was going to say. What you and I have talked about for years on this show, expectations. When expectations change, you know, sometimes managing. I mean, Charlie Strong was always a good coach, and then he got to Texas. Now, Tom Tom Herman uh, was 22-4 was and four in two years at Houston. But, honestly, the expectations going to Houston were never that high. So, it's easier when you're do when you when you're not the hunted. You're you know you're the hunter. Now he's the hunted. No matter what Texas's record was last year, that team is young. I think they played four starters uh, were seniors in that TCU game the other night. So they have pretty much everybody back. Other than that, I think the tailback will leave. I mean, they've got that whole team back. The expectations day one are going to be they're supposed to win the Big Twelve next year. Yeah. That's
1: it.
0: Um, well. You know, we know how all that goes. I think the person
1: who has followed the perfect uh, path has been Urban Meyer, Bowling Green, then you do a Utah, which, you know, Utah was you know a little smaller than than they are now. Then you do a Florida. Mm -hmm. Then you do an Ohio State. I think that's perfect. Not everyone's going to be able to follow that path. The opportunities come when they come. So Tom Herman, whether we think he's ready or not, is the new coach at Texas, uh, much to Houston's chagrin. I don't know what they do there. Uh, at Houston, who did they bring in to to clean all that up? Well, let, uh, I guess let's,
0: let's let's toss a couple things out here. We've been on the coaching thing for the last couple weeks, and I think it's interesting. And I hope people listening, you know, I'm sure that that they're in their own minds trying to juggle this as like the rest of us. Um, the word is Brian Kelly has put out feelers. Now. Uh I I'm not sure hey, Brian, there's really a shock, right? Po-
1: Haven't I been saying this all season long? Yeah. Been yeah. Like- That's
0: the word after the game. No. You know, oh, he wow. says he'll definitely be back, but he's put out fielders and you know definitely means sometimes if the right job comes along. Um I don't think he's a hot NFL commodity any any longer, but I do think he could certainly, you know, get one of these open jobs. Do you see any chance of a Brian Kelly maybe looking at an Oregon or a Baylor job?
1: Oh, uh, Baylor, you go from Notre Dame to Baylor, I don't know, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this, this this Notre Dame job, It's lo- it, it has lost its luster and it's continuing to lose it, I mean, you already had the issue of stringent academics uh, being a hindrance at Notre Dame, and then Well, the reason you're catching this heat and you got these sanctions from the NCAA was centered around academics. I mean, who in this day and age in this current climate of college football wants to deal with that right now?
0: Uh, No, I mean, I think, you know, I think that's part of it. I, I think he's realizing it's very hard. It's very hard when you're Notre Dame outside of a conference to get to this playoff the way it's situated, because you know, you can be now one of these stronger conferences and lose a game or even two in some cases and have a legit chance now to get to the playoff. Notre Dame's not going to necessarily have that, that, that luxury without being in a conference and no conference championship game. So, you know, you could be 10-2 and two right now. You throw up a big conference championship game uh, performance, that 11-2 and two looks pretty nice and shiny and gets you into the playoff. Notre Dame doesn't have that. So he's basically got to run the table, maybe lose a game, depending on how difficult the schedule is that year. I'm not sure you liking that part of it, I think, what you mentioned. Um, Baylor, I just threw out Baylor because I said, geez, they have a job. And, they, you know, Bryles had done a good job, and they were obviously able to be in the top ten for a couple of years in a row there. Maybe he looks and says, hey, they're not that far away. I just need to go back down there and clean things up. And he definitely doesn't have to deal with the academic <laughs> issues. Yeah, no know, offense,
1: was- but – I don't know. I don't see it. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't no, see it. No, I'm not saying I do
0: either. I'm just throwing stuff out here. I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall. I want to see if it sticks.
1: Yeah, I could quicker see the Pac-12 thing,
0: uh, Oregon, you
1: know, yeah, I and mean, I could see that.
0: Yeah, I could see Oregon. I mean, I don't think Chip's going to leave the 49ers this year. I really don't.
1: No, and that's probably a bad thing, uh, both for the 49ers and himself. But, you know, whatever. Well, we'll get to that in
0: the NFL segment. But the 49ers showed me yesterday, if nothing else, that they haven't, they haven't just effed it yet. And that tells me that they're still playing for the guy. They haven't done a complete effed. So I don't think that they want to keep changing coaches out there. And I think he still wants to prove he can do it. So I think that, you know, that job's going to be opened. Maybe Brian Kelly goes there. And here's another one. I don't know. There's nothing out there. I'm just throwing this out to you. Is, is Jim Mora in any trouble at UCLA? They fired the offensive coordinator. I know that.
1: Yes, and uh, uh, something, some report I, said, uh, I saw, I think it was from Football Scoop, was uh, according to another Pac-10 coach, that if that's the only move that Jim Mora makes, then next year is his last year. So apparently uh, there is some trouble out there. And I don't know that he's going to – be too much on board with him, with you know people trying to pick his staff for him so he may just leave out of there I already told you that I think that UCLA uh, he's not long for it If he doesn't leave this year well, he's, you know, he's leaving next year
0: you know everybody everybody laughed at me you know I'm sure not everybody but a lot of the audience said he's just being a homer and I told you when he was winning those games against USC for those three years I said you better enjoy it now he had a really really good quarterback. USC had 50 scholarship kids a couple of those games. The science right. majors were running out of the tunnel, and I said to you, he better enjoy his speeches, you know, we own L.A., because as soon as they get all their scholarships back, you ain't going to own L.A. very long. And
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, all right, running through these things, we had a number of upsets in these um, yeah. rivalry games. Arizona, Arizona State, who can explain that? Who can explain Arizona State? Yeah, that State? was a weird.
0: You know, did you see that? Do you think he's in trouble? Todd Graham. I mean, to be honest, Arizona quit. We talked about Rich Rod. I don't know if he's staying there. I don't know the deal out there. But I expected Arizona State to win that game to become bowl eligible. They needed a win. Arizona had basically mailed the season in a long time ago, and they go out and run it for over 400 yards against Arizona. No, no, no. State, and I no, to- no, my friend. 516 yards rushing. What yes. in
1: the hell is that? Arizona threw eight passes and scored 56 points in this game. Dude, you know exactly
0: what the hell that is. That's we don't care, we're done. And I mean that says a lot to me about the effort that that team put forth against a, a three and nine, a three and nine or whatever they were, three and eight team coming in Arizona. To, for Arizona State to allow 500 plus yards rushing, I've got to wonder. You know, if if if, so, if they are got you aware that a guy was
1: in the guys, state has lost six straight football games.
0: Well, and that's what I'm saying to you. I mean, if you see these coaches that we don't know about moving. I mean, if a Brian Kelly threw a feeler out to a UCLA or an Arizona State, are they saying, "Hey, come on maybe.
1: down"? Maybe,
0: maybe, <laughs> I mean, maybe, it
1: pings back. <laughs> you know? Yes. But, uh, look at these point totals. Arizona State's given up. All right, 56, 44, 49, 54, 37, and 40 in their six game losing streak. you got to get some defense out there. And they've lost not only six straight, seven of their last eight. Their only win against the embattled UCLA football team we just discussed. I mean, Arizona State, something's going on there. So uh, both teams. Are so you trying they, uh, to suggest that
0: the armband for Todd Graham's defenses is not working correctly?
1: Uh, they don't have the same plays, the players, as the coaches. <laughs> on the sideline something ain't right and no one's stopping anyone out there georgia um this is a tough one and i saw people doing this uh on on twitter of course uh oh georgia fired uh mark Richt to uh to to get kirby smart and go seven and five okay uh, i don't think they signed kirby smart to a one-year contract uh, last I checked, well, uh, they didn't hire him for one year I'm not only. sure Mark
0: Richt has a different result there this year, by the way. I mean, they were playing basically a freshman quarterback all year. It's a young team. I mean, I think if you look at Georgia's two deep out of the 44 guys, I'm going to guess off the top of my head, I bet you they probably have 35 guys coming back off their two yeah, deep. So uh, they're a young team.
1: Ridiculous statement, but again, it's Twitter. You could say whatever you want, just hit send. Uh, Kentucky and Louisville, I'm not entirely surprised by this. That's always been a heated rivalry, um, and I kind of got on you early in the, in, the, in this broadcast about that, but uh, Kentucky has been doing well lately, and it, this really smelled of a shootout, and when it gets like that, you know what, Emil, anything can happen.
0: You kind of did. called this on Friday. You said, uh, I was saying, geez, I, I, I'm scared to take Kentucky because I could see Louisville scoring 63 points, and you said, not so fast. Be careful yeah.
1: there. Kentucky is going to score the best, and Louisville's out of this thing. And uh, they really only play defense when they feel like they have a reason to. And this game is just about who can roll up as much offense as possible. Kentucky had the ball one more time than Louisville. And uh, that's the result that you you ended up with. Um, It's been a tough uh, first year for Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia. Uh, And it was just capped off by, you know, getting completely and totally walloped by your in-state rival. 52-10. to Uh, That just piled it up to seven straight losses to end the year at Virginia. Amo, why can't this program win games?
0: Well, I kind of felt that Bronco, when he left BYU, he'd probably tell us differently if we could ever interview him, but I never felt like he was stepping up. I always felt like, wow, you're leaving BYU, who's always had a very respectable and hard-nosed football program, to go to Virginia, which is another school. It's a public university. You run into all kinds of academic issues down there. It's a very, you know, U.S. News top 25 school. Now I'm not saying they're they're gonna, you know, it's gonna be as hard as getting kids into Stanford, but it's it, they're they're not just gonna let anybody play. They're not just gonna stamp you for, you know, you have to make yourself eligible. The, the you know, that's that school's tough there. It's a basketball school by and large, as far as basketball and baseball is what they've been good at in men's sports. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know what the commitment is to football. I don't follow Virginia football enough. It doesn't seem they're very committed to the sport.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, ridiculous, and that's a bad end to the season there for them. Did you see the basketball game played on turf uh, between Pittsburgh and Syracuse? Oh, dear.
0: That, that, to me, I have a bunch of Pitt alumni friends up here, and uh, you know they're telling me what a great offense Pitt has. I said, you know what, that's... That's an embarrassment to the sport of football, what you what you and Syracuse did. That game, by the way, had more points scored in it. This is not a word of lie, than any one of the last four Pitt-Syracuse basketball games. Look it up. That's
1: amazing. 76-61, no one decided that they were going to play defense in this game. I, I, I almost want to look at the video of this game and just see the effort. And did both teams employ 10, uh, 11 guys? Uh, on defense for this game. It's amazing to me that you can do this
0: in a football game. Well, put it this way, right? When they go to the Pro Bowl, the NFL, every year, the guys make a point of not tackling hard. They don't want to hurt anybody. Nobody wants to get hurt when they're playing a game like that. That's just you know, pre- professional courtesy. And they don't score like that. I mean, that just tells you how little they try yeah, defensively. Ab- crazy,
1: absolutely crazy. Uh, University of Miami wins 40-21. to uh, Brad Kaya, I just want to recognize this, goes in the game. He's been embattled for, you know, especially during that four-game losing streak. I think something happened to him in that Florida State game that, you know, maybe he didn't let on or the school didn't let on. But uh, seems all healthy now. Amel, 22 of 35, 396 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, you know, Mark Rick is known for his ability to run the football, but the passing game has really uh, been on point. Uh, as of late for the university of Miami. So yeah. if you're, if you're, well, I thought State Miami got to by the way, had a
0: great season. I really do. I know a lot of fans are going to be disappointed when, you know, hearing me say, I, I thought for Rick's first year there, I don't, maybe great's too strong. I thought they had a very good season. They go eight and four, they rip off uh four in a row to end the year. Hopefully they can go to a, a good bowl game, win the bowl game, go take that into the, you know, the off season, a five game winning streak. And you look at the center of that schedule I mean, those games they lost. They lost 20-19 to to Florida State. We talked about a great chance to win there. They lost 20-13 to North Carolina. Same thing. The only game they were handled was at Virginia Tech. And then they gave away the Notre Dame game, essentially.
1: Yeah, that's the only head-scratcher for me is what happened in that Notre Dame game. I'll chalk it up to youth and being on the road and playing a game in, uh, in, in uh, South Bend, Indiana. We'll just chalk it up to that. But the future certainly looking bright. Um, I was in person at this one, Emil, and just to be quite frank and honest, just totally disgusted with the offensive performance by Florida in their game against Florida State. Uh, the defense has battled all year long, been a tough defense, as good a defense as there is in the country. Hard to be a great defense like they are uh, with what you have happening on the offensive side of the ball. When all said and done, Amel, and you look at it, you look at the uh, Arkansas game, you look at the LSU game, and you look at this Florida State game, I don't know if you know this, but out of those three games, Florida scored one offensive touchdown.
0: One. Uh, I do know that, and I also know to your point, and you know not not because of any relationships or anything. It's honestly with my eyeballs. The three best defenses I saw play in college football this year were Alabama's, Michigan's, and Florida's. They were the best ones I've seen. It's hard people will look at stats. At points and say, well, how could you say that they gave up this against Arkansas? Well, because they're they're defending short fields. They're on the field all the time. That offensive line. I'm sorry, there's more resistance at a turnstile in the new in the New York City subway because at least you need a token. Okay, every time I, the kid went back to pass, it was like it was Chuck and Duck. And right. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean. um I don't get unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and you know, you just gotta fix that. You gotta fix it. It can't go on any longer. It's been long enough. What's
0: the issue? What is the issue? You're telling me in the state of Florida, you don't have five big hosses that can go up there and block somebody? Come on, man. You know, recruiting. I do need to say this: recruiting on
1: that side of the before, as good as Will Muschamp was in bringing in defensive talent to the University of Florida, um, he was as bad. Uh, and they were as bad as a staff of getting offensive uh, talent to the university of Florida. So some of it is that, and in other parts is just, you know, being able to make the most out of what you do have there. I just don't know if that's being used efficiently. So nevertheless, uh, this Florida state class hats off to them. They are the first class to ever go four and O against Florida and four and O against the university of Miami. So, uh, big ups to them they've uh, they've earned the right to act an ass on social media and they will exercise that full right as they have already so congratulations to them how about Tennessee you know what Tennessee spent an inordinate amount of time their fan base and perhaps their players as well giddy and worrying about Florida giddy about the win didn't worrying about what Florida was doing and you and I talked about this um I kind of fell back on the side of Tennessee in this matchup three weeks ago. I was saying this Vanderbilt probably has a pretty good chance of beating them in this game. But, um, uh, you know, I, and I threw it back to Tennessee because all the pressure was off that chance, man Vanderbilt. The, the most amazing thing is not that Vanderbilt won this game. Amos that Vanderbilt scored 45 points in a football
0: contest. I was just going to say the same thing. And again, when I see that kind of offensive output, From a poor offensive club like Vanderbilt, I question the effort on Tennessee's side, and maybe that's not fair of me. I want to give some credit to Vanderbilt for putting together a good game plan, but I I still have to question. I mean, I know Tennessee was banged up early in the year defensively, and maybe they still are. I can't pretend to follow their their roster as closely as a UT fan would, but still, 45 points to Vanderbilt, that's not good.
1: Yeah, uh, amazingly, amazingly horrible. Uh, we touched on this, and we will again in uh, in our in our when we recap our picks here. But Colorado, uh, you know, they beat Utah in this thing. They're going to the uh, Pac-12 championship game. Uh, you
0: had one point to make here before we head out to uh the, our break and I, come I, back think, with I think with this playoff there's gonna be a lot of obviously people pissed off. If Oklahoma does a good job next week, you know, they're gonna be champions of the Big Twelve, eleven and two. Now they can kind of be shut up a little by their their, their huge loss at home to Ohio State. But I think the team that might get screwed in everything here if Clemson wins, is going to be Washington, if they win. If Washington well, Colorado's not getting in the playoff if they win. And if Washington wins at twelve and one I have a feeling the committee is going to penalize them in this sense. They've told these teams, stop scheduling patsies in your in your out-of-conference games. Washington's out-of-conference schedule out of 128 Division I teams is ranked 127th. They played Idaho. They played Rutgers and they played Portland State. Those three schools are a combined 14 and 24 and they you know they they're just bad teams that aren't, you know, at lower divisions and I have a feeling that they're going to look at Washington and say, "Yes, you had a nice year. You beat Stanford who was good, but at that time Stanford was struggling. Um, you know, the the um, he was hurt the running back. Uh they beat, they lost at home to USC. And you know their impressive win at Washington State had some luster taken off of it when Colorado beat Washington State up pretty good the week before. So I have a feeling they're going to be your oddball out, if you ask me. Yeah, um, and, and
1: I wouldn't be surprised at that. Just to be honest with you.
0: All right, uh, we'll
1: wrap up uh, both the NFL and college football uh, picks at the at the uh, and and our fantasy football focus at the end of our next segment. We segment. We need to take a break when we get back. NFL talk here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this. Stay with us. you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25, and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry, the match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now!
0: You want the truth? Well here it
1: is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com com forward slash complete speed for more information right now this speed self so, so rich All right, we're back here on the uh, Gridiron Stud Show, Monday morning wrap edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Folks, now is the time to get your free health insurance for you and your loved ones. Primary care insurance is now enrolling individuals into their Obamacare insurance plan, so call today 954-278-8696. That's correct, free health insurance. Obamacare is now available from November 1st to January 31st, but it's urgent that you call today 954-278-8696. Let them know that you heard it on the Gridiron Stud Show. Open enrollment only comes once a year. This means that the government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. So don't miss out on your opportunity. The time to get free health insurance for you and your family is now. Please call 954-278-8696 or visit them now on the web, OptimumNationalInsurance.com. Again, it's OptimumNationalInsurance.com. I don't know if you're able to see the news right now, but apparently there was a gunman on the campus of uh, Ohio State you know we're talking about football here today and you know one of the things we talked about was a big game between Michigan and Ohio State but some things are bigger than the uh, game and we had a gunman on campus apparently he's uh he's been stopped so it's no longer an active shooting situation but apparently eight people hurt I'm not sure uh to what level but increasingly we're seeing these shootings on college campuses you have a theory on why that may be happening why college campuses think I lost Emil here, so uh, hopefully he can get back on with me. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've noticed this uh, going on more and more on college campuses. I just don't understand why this is uh, why this is the chosen place to go out and uh, start having mass shootings. I don't – you know, I usually have a theory on things. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss on this one right now as to why uh, these things keep happening on college campuses. But for those of you that are, are didn't hear the news, uh, there was a shooter a mass shooting uh, on the campus of Ohio State uh, earlier today and uh, you know it was an active shooter situation but uh, apparently um, it's you know the shoot has been neutralized and uh, you know that's no longer an issue all right uh, we look like we're having a little bit of technical difficulty here let me just take a Let's just go back, take a quick break here, see if we can get this solved, and uh, just stick with us, really quick. We'll try to take care of this really fast. We'll be right back with you.
0: No matter how
1: hard you try,
0: you can't stop us now. No matter how
1: hard you try,
0: you can't stop us now.
1: Calamino, can you hear me here?
0: I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: All right. Yes, I can hear you. Technical difficulties have been uh, averted. Oh, no, I don't want
0: to say that. Been we handled. sound like a Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now, Chad?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right, we've gotten that out of the way. Hopefully, that's the only hiccup we have in our broadcast here. Brought to you by BlogTalkRadio.com. By the way. All right, NFL time. Uh, we had a. We had a game last night that was pretty wacky. Um, and, you know, you had a pick on that one. Worked out in your favor, by the way. I do want to say that. Um, I, what do you make of that Chiefs-Bronco game last night? That's a big win for the Chiefs, winning in mile high. Anytime they do that, uh, and both teams are in the playoff hunt, uh, going the Chiefs going to mile high and getting out of there with a win is a huge thing.
0: Well, you know, I, I always say this with teams like the Chiefs. They're one of those teams that win – Incredibly ugly, uh but when it happens is if it was a one off you'd say it was just a fluke that happens throughout the course of a season, but they just do that consistently when you watch their games you you're left wondering how they won many times the other team goes up and down the field on them. the chiefs you know don't really move the ball that easily uh but they you know they turn you over, they're really good on special teams, and they just do that and if you go through most of their games this season that they've won look very much like that Bronco game last night where you're sitting there scratching your head saying, it feels like Denver should be winning this game, but they're not. And that's the chiefs. Yeah. um, And that's just
1: exactly the same sentiment I got uh, in this football game. So I guess that's great for them if they can continue to win that way. Hey, the Dolphins, six straight wins, Emil. Ryan Tannehill had a good day as someone, you know, made it a point to remind us, but What do you make of the Dolphins? not unexpected, okay? 49ers come to town for a 1 o'clock start. you You expect to win that game, even if you're not having the greatest season. But the Dolphins are doing some good things here. Six wins in a row. Is this sustainable?
0: I'm going to enjoy it for the Dolphin fans and let them enjoy it, because winning six in a row in the NFL, I don't give a damn. Who you're playing is tough. The NFL does not lend itself to actually more than three-game winning streaks. By and large, you get above three games in the NFL, you did something right. The something they're doing right, I think, is bringing consistent effort uh, and and a will to win every game. Um, So I'm going to give them some credit. Now, that said, um, you know, they got some things to fix. I mean, in this streak, we have to look at the competition because it's going to get tougher and, you know, they 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 made a game of yesterday's game. They were up by 17 points in the fourth quarter. That should be a game where, you know, at the end, you got guys on defense who are taking their shoulder pads off on the sidelines, and you, you shouldn't be holding on. So stuff like that they're going to have to clean up. They did nothing the previous game for 56 minutes against the Rams. They've got some work to do because this next game is at Baltimore. Um, Baltimore is a really good defensive club. They play Arizona. I don't think Arizona is going to lay down for them. You know, they have trips to New York and Buffalo. That's not going to be easy. So um, they got to clean some stuff up. But, hey, they should send a card to Gary Kubiak as a giant thank you last night because I don't know what Kubiak was thinking, trying a 62-yard field goal, almost like he looked and said, well, screw it. I'd rather lose than get a tie. Well, guess what, Gary? A tie there, you would be in the number six playoff spot right now. Instead, that belongs to the Miami Dolphins.
1: So you uh, disagree with that field goal attempt? I mean, it's mile high.
0: 60, listen, <laughs> just because one guy did it, or two guys, Jason Elam and, and pra- uh, Matt Prater, I believe is the other one, uh, th- that that kick has probably, uh, if you could find I'd love to get these guys from stats Inc. he's probably got about a 2% chance of making that. You're going to turn around and hand the team the ball on your 48-yard line. That's a situation where, sure, no one likes to get a tie. But in, you got to think big picture if you're a coach. 7-3-1, and one, that half game helps you when you're battling the Dolphins and the Steelers and the Ravens at the end of the year. Sure, it doesn't help you catch the Raiders. He wants to catch the Raiders. The I Dolphins get what he was thinking. That. Oh, I don't know if know, if only, only want to be that a TV game really- back.
1: Yeah, I, don't I don't know if all that comes into play in that situation. If you start thinking about the playoff picture, I think at that point you're just trying to – win a football game, and, you know, they didn't. You know who else didn't win? The Seattle Seahawks Ooh. on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, yeah. What's going on there?
0: Bucks on well, a three-game winning just, streak. Wait, wait, wait. Let's not just do a, a, what's going on with Seattle. I think we do first have to say you and I both liked Winston when he came into the pros. Okay, what he did sure. at Florida State, you could sit there and say to yourself, listen, these guys at Florida State believe that if they had the ball – with the chance to win the game, they were winning the damn game. And I think eventually some of that stuff, now they only scored 14 points yesterday. I'm not trying to have the Jameis Winston show here, but I think maybe some of that stuff is starting to rub off on his teammates because they've ripped off three games in a row, three wins in a row. And, you know, they have a win early in the year against Atlanta. Four of their last six, and
1: they currently own a winning record.
0: They own a winning record. They have a win this year against Atlanta early in the season, um, they lost an overtime game at home in that streak uh, to the Raiders, where you know the game, you know they sent it to overtime. Back to back wins at Kansas City, home against Seattle. Um, now watch them embarrass me next week. They're they're at San Diego. You know I'm I'm here chirping about how good Tampa Bay's playing, and Seattle's got it. Hey, listen, I think we both know this. For Seattle to go anywhere this year, their defense has to be Super Bowl caliber every week. Um, they'll have their little games like they did against the Patriots where Russell Wilson saves their bacon. But generally speaking, they're not a good offensive club. He took six sacks last night, six, and he probably saved them another three or four.
1: Yeah, I think we know what that team is. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, they are what they've always been on, under Pete Carroll in, during this run, and that's a damn good defensive team that doesn't kill themselves offensively they don't shoot themselves in the foot very often a lot of that you know being russell wilson so um yeah a uh, surprising result there but we'll see how the seahawks battle back from that that's what's most important the raiders um looking like the best team right now in the afc amel uh, i know you disagree with that i know you're still spooked by the patriots but um yeah could they play better defense they just had a third quarter from hell uh, in this game against the Panthers, I think they kind of relaxed a little bit, but they did well enough. This is where a Raiders team in the past would have just lost the football game. Uh, they came back, actually won the football game, and Derek Carr out there with nine fingers that work uh, just put a glove on the damn thing, went out there and finished out the ball game. Got to love what he's doing, Derek Carr.
0: Oh, listen, I'm not I'm not going to poo-poo what the Raiders are doing. and I, I mean, the, the, there's there's no guarantee. I mean, I'm not handing this thing to the AFC in New England by any means. Um, I'd like to see the next step in the Raiders' maturation, and that's this. Okay, um, and I again, I understand the NFL. We talk about it every week. A lot of games come down to the second half of the fourth quarter. My only concern with the Raiders is, you know, they're nine and two. Their record in games decided by one score, eight points or less, is seven and one. Now, the mm-hmm. optimist says, "Hey, that means that they're doing care. good things." At the- yeah, yeah, and I agree. But I'd like to see them once in a while throw in a nice easy win where they show some domination. Because I, you know, I don't want to rely on every play being made the remainder of the season for the Raiders to get where they want to go. I mean, they, at some yeah, point you need to just –
1: kids for the whole year. You want to know – all right, and I'm going to sound like a broken record. You want to know the biggest problem for them uh, right now, uh, especially defensively, is the fact that they cannot run the football. And that just means they're out there more. Oh, well, I agree with you. a lot of the games. I agree down with you. To this. That's a big... They can't run the ball. Uh, they got to fix that, or you know, this is not the season's not going to go the way they want it to. Now, going into the season, they would gladly take where they are now. But as we know, expectations change as you continue to do better during the season. And right now, where they're at, which I think is nine and two on the season, uh, their big expectations. There's Super Bowl talk in Oakland, but if you're going to go out in a game against Carolina and have your top guy, uh, you know, Latavius Murray rush 19 times for 45 yards, it's just not going to end up going the way that you want it to go. You're not going to beat
0: a New England. Let me ask you a question as a – how you as a – when I look at offensive line play, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe you see it differently, obviously pass protection is important, okay? But I I feel like pass protection, I've always felt this, is a lot about guys playing in coordination, communication, picking up the right guys, uh, quarterback setting is protection, okay? So you take a team like the Raiders – you know i hear about how good their offensive line is they're right up there with the cowboys in allowing not allowing a lot of sacks and the same thing even the new york giants are right there not allowing a lot of sacks but for me i've always looked at offensive line play as the running game because that's where you know basically by and large you put a hat on a hat and it's imposing your will on somebody else exactly. when i see a team like the the raiders and the giants i say i don't care how many sacks you don't give up neither team can run the football and that, to me, tells right. me about so their offensive line. that
1: great if
0: you can. Um, when you look at the Cowboys,
1: you know, Zeke's five yards into your defense before he's getting touched. There's something to be said for that. So, um, you know, I, I, they're not the Cowboys' offensive line. Uh, they're not close. And uh, if you're going to be rushing for 45 yards against a team like the Carolina Panthers at home, you shouldn't even be trying to make that kind of comparison. You should be trying to get that fixed. So. That's where I stand with that. Hey, let's talk about our picks because, you know, we're not going to go through and analyze every one of these football games that went down because, again, I'm going to tell you that's bad radio. I don't think anyone wants to sit through that. So let's start off with the fantasy football focus, my friend, and that's sponsored by FanDuel.com. If you are looking to get into the fantasy football, daily fantasy football or daily fantasy sports uh, craze, you can do that right now by heading over to FanDuel.com, enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS, and you can start right now. You can... Uh, there's $1 game, $2 games, $5 games. You can win thousands. Just go over there and check it out. Whether you're a beginner or a, a primetime player, FanDuel.com is the place for you for da- daily fantasy sports. So go over there, check it out. Again, promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS, put that in there, and you get yourself a nice bonus. All right, uh, we, had a, we had a decent duel, Amel. My streak's come to an end here. I do need to inform you that if you didn't know yourself, you just you kind of edged me out on a few things here, and it led to a victory
0: for you. Well, I feel very smart today, and that's, you know, as a married guy, you can relate to that. That doesn't happen often for us where we just feel smart, but, you know, I feel pretty smart about my picks this week. No, good job by you. We both picked good quarterbacks.
1: I went with Tyrod Taylor, figuring you're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. You've you've got them in a home game, and Jacksonville is just a complete mess. Taylor didn't absolutely go nuts, but um along with a decent passing day he did uh, add some rushing yards and a, a rushing touchdown so he netted 20.4 points for me uh which is yeah good to get out of the quarterback position you know who let me down sure and you know i had that thought and i threw it out there on the air you always roll in the dice when you take a new england running back you don't know how much he's going to get used well you know new england did use blount yesterday he just didn't go off against the jets in the fashion that i thought he ended up getting the only 6.7 points and then uh, you know, I had this feeling the Saints were going to go off, and boy, Emil, did they. Forty-nine points. It's just that Willie Schneed wasn't as big a part of that as I thought he might be. Only had five catches for 38 yards in the game. Uh, my man Thomas was the one to have off the Saints. Nine catches, 108 yards, two touchdowns. Didn't have them. so only got 12.3 points uh, out of Willie Schneed, and so I ended up with 39.4 points. You can
0: talk about not what bad you at all, college, actually. You
1: know, how many points you are? What's that?
0: Okay, let's 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 roll through mine. I went with the hometown guy there, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill. I'm uh, you know, Way we have hand. a caller and a, a friend of the show who is seems to be a big Ryan Tannehill fan amazingly living out in Los Angeles like he does. Or
1: whatever. Uh he should be happy.
0: I took his boy and uh Tannehill threw 3 touchdown passes and 285 yards passing, didn't throw a pick. So, you, you know, what did that get me? Guy, that had to be... you,
1: ha- you grabbed this guy, and you actually picked him on his best game of the year. Good job by you.
0: Yeah, and how, 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 give me a point total there for, for Ryan. I mean, that to be 26. huge. What, 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 what? Uh, so there when you go. get a quarterback for
1: $7,100 and he cranks out 26.8, damn good value play
0: by you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's all. Do I sound like a politician? Then I went yeah, to my I'll, wide I'll, receiver. I figured, you know, let me use Richard Matthews. You know, not a big name guy, but, you know, Mariota's got to throw the ball to somebody besides Delaney Walker. And, uh, you know, usually he looks for Matthews. Matthews only had three catches, but for 64 yards, one of them going for a touchdown. So that picked me up. Yeah, you know, you know Matthews, some nice points. Uh, there.
1: Listening to pregame shows on Sunday, uh, his name was thrown out there a lot. So uh, all the fantasy geeks and the people smarter than you and I in this thing uh, had an eye for for uh, Richard Matthews. So uh, you were either lucky or you're uh, one of these fa- undercover fantasy no, geeks. No, I think, you, you know what
0: I think is. They use their little spreadsheets, and I use my eyes, and I've seen the Bears try to play defense this year. So that's the only thing I use there.
1: Well, big up to big up to eyes. We didn't talk about this, but Marcus Mariota, 15 of 23, 226, two touchdowns. Guy's having a great year. I think he's up to 30 touchdowns. And as I look at this box score each and every week, he's another guy like Dak Prescott that's not turning the ball over, and it's leading the wins for oh,
0: the By the way, Tennessee, I saw the end of that game on my satellite dish. They almost crapped the bed there. They were up 27-7. Barkley brought them back, and he had them on the 10-yard line. Two touchdowns into the fourth quarter. They had it down to six points. And on fourth and 10, he literally throws a beautiful ball to a sliding receiver. I think his name was Thompson. It hit him. As he was sliding, both hands got on the ball, hit him in the numbers, and he dropped it. Or or Tennessee would have found a way to blow this game. (laughs)
1: Tennessee's on the road and they're they're not supposed to be winning, so hats off to them.
0: All right. Oh yeah, no, they're having a good year. And then finally, my my, my old steady, you know, he's kind of like a girl you can call for a prom date if you you know if you don't have anybody else. Sure. I go to Spencer Ware of the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not a big fan of the Broncos' run defense. They do a lot of things good out there, but stopping the run is not one of them. Spencer got 17 carries for 64 yards, didn't crack the end zone, but he did catch two passes also for 32 yards. So i got to figure what I get, about 9, 10 points out of
1: him. 10.6 points. Um, between that and, and the great day that Tannehill had, that's, that was what really was the difference maker there for you. So you end up with 51.3 points, which is outstanding, uh, and you end up beating me 51 to 39 in this thing. So you're back in the win column um, and long streak. Uh, long losing streak averted let's talk about the college football and NFL picks
0: okay well let's uh let's rip I'll rip through college and you can go and then we'll do the pros and uh, I guess that's a show for today in college you and I combined by the way we're four and one because the loser we both had um so I'll start with my loser and save you the time of the and the embarrassment I had South Carolina plus 24 along with you Never and, uh, you know, I don't know what they did. Yeah, I don't know what they did. They never had a chance. That game was basically over 10 minutes into the first quarter. You knew you weren't going to win that. 56 7. Clemson, uh, you know, coach Must Champs got some work to do in that rivalry. So that was a loss for me. I had two wins. Uh, Michigan, I got six and a half. Amazingly, their quarterback shows up and plays. That line drops to three and a half or four at game time. Either way, you win. Uh, Michigan was, was, was always inside this number. Uh, so that was one. And finally, some good fortune. I gave uh, 17 and a half with my Trojans. Notre yeah. Dame gets a backdoor touchdown to uh, to cut the margin to 45-27 instead of just kicking the extra and going home because there's only four minutes left in the game. Brian Kelly is going to try to get a two-point conversion to get that down to 16. He misses it. USC wins by 18. I get a cover there. So I'm 2-1 in college for the Notre week. Bad
1: backers, huh?
0: Oh, you, you, you're you not kidding, man. You want that extra. You're Look thinking one, to yourself, Coach, you, you're you not winning this game. Kick the damn extra.
1: <laughs> yeah, come on already. But nevertheless. All right, so what's your uh, season record? 16
0: and 22, and I have a couple of those pushes hanging off at the end there.
1: There you go. All right, won't talk much about it other than to mention it. I, too, had South Carolina. Don't know why. Just didn't, uh, from the word go, they were paddled. Uh, I went with Utah. Now, Utah against Colorado in that Pac-12 matchup, some tense moments there because Colorado fell, I mean Utah fell outside of this number a couple of times as Colorado started to pick up steam. But Utah being the tough SOBs that they are hung in there um, and got it close, and then at the end of the day they ended up losing 27-22. But that's a winner for us if you went with me on this one because Utah was catching 10. And West Virginia, complete and total blowout. Uh, in this football contest uh, just the line was a little sketchy for me I think you might have mentioned that uh, as well in the game but uh, I you know I put my head down and went anyway I wasn't going to get psyched out by the odds maker in this one so uh, stuck with West Virginia on the road against Iowa State I figured Iowa State winning 66 to 10 versus Texas Tech the week before that's like good for three four weeks right there so uh, oh, kind of yeah. how they played this game West Virginia goes out, wins by thirty, forty-nine to nineteen, end up two and one. What's what's my uh, what's my record on these?
0: Twenty-one and eighteen, which which you know makes you a superstar this season.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, all right, moving on to the NFL.
0: Oh, uh, the NFL, the NFL. We'll start where where we ended on the last segment. The, I had the Chiefs plus three and a half. It was a solid pick. I mean, they were you know basically. Although, down 24-16 and deep in Denver territory, as time was running out, I felt like I was going to get hosed. Then when they did score, I was praying to God they didn't make the two-point conversion to send it to overtime, but they did. But nonetheless, all's well that ends well. They won the game outright. I got three and a half. That's my only winner in the NFL. Uh, Took a terrible loss with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, We may want to be sticking a fork in that team right now. They just got absolutely throttled by, by Atlanta. Yeah, they're done, 38-19. And then the one that really hurt, I took the hometown Dolphins. And uh, like I said, they were up 17 points in total control this game in the fourth quarter. And back comes San Francisco. They lose 31-24, Dolphins giving seven and a hook. I take a loss there, one and two, dropping my pro record to 14. it wins 20 losses with a couple pushes.
1: Yeah, definitely. uh not the pro kind of year for you You're usually pretty solid in that so uh sliding over to what i did in the nfl uh, my lone winner yesterday was i did uh, take the new orleans saints didn't think the rams would have much in this game saints are at home gassed up ready to go um and they unleashed on the uh jared goff led, led rams put up 49 points in the game and uh, win it going away. That was the easy one. I was with you with the Miami Dolphins. Don't know what they did there. Had a comfortable lead. It's the San Francisco 49ers. You're supposed to finish them, put them away. They didn't do that. Let them back in this one. And, again, I lost lost by a hook. Same thing with the Raiders. 24-7 to lead at half. I figure I'm good. Uh, and then next thing you know, uh, yeah, uh, the Carolina ended up with a lead in this game and the Raiders got to do the whole cardiac thing. I guess the odds makers knew what they were doing at the end, 35, 32 win. And so, uh, the Raiders win by three. That happened to be the point spread. So one, one, and one, I put a stroke in every column in the NFL on Sunday. Where am I at?
0: Yeah, you NFL. did. So you're, you're 18 wins, 16 losses, and a couple pushes in the NFL. And I'll tell you something. We didn't even touch on that, uh, Raider game. Now that you bring it up in this segment, um, Ron Rivera, again, we've talked about this simple math. Please, coaches, please. He, he had an extra point blocked early in that game. He started chasing points way too early, way too early, basically gave up two free extra points later on in the game, so they missed a total of three extra points in this game. The Raiders, you know, end up winning this game by three points. Please, coaches, don't start chasing extra points in the second and third quarter
1: please. It's amazing to me how they do that, but uh, do you think any part of this, Amol has to do with uh, the way people are missing extra points now? Uh,
0: that They're will be their that. out. No, that will be their out, and they will say that, but at the end of the day, no, they, just, they think they have to get that point back immediately. It's a, it's a human condition. It's psychology. It's almost like when you go to the casino and you lose, and you, you want to get your money back. Yeah, well, um,
1: it cost them, and uh, a lot of things have cost the Carolina Panthers this year. Well, we're out of time. We've reached the end of a Gridiron Stud show, uh, another Monday edition of the Gridiron Stud show. We want to thank you all for listening to us. Thank you for making us a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, I'm back on tomorrow. Emil rejoins me on Fridays. We do another another great edition of the Football Friday show. Uh, but for now, thank you very much for listening to the show. For Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy the rest of your day.